This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. All right, hello everybody, welcome back to the Rutgers Rant, our Picks Pod edition for the Virginia Tech game this week. Fonseca at 2-0 so far has a full game lead on both me and Lenny. Lenny unwisely taking the points last week. What do you have to say for yourself on that one, Pat? Huh? Not, I not did the... say it would be a game into the fourth quarter, and it was 13-7, yeah. and everyone was sweating, so I was half yeah. right on my pick until the floodgates mm-hmm. opened. That's until what I'll they say. Played, until they played the fourth quarter, which turns out counts in Vegas. Who knew, right? Who knew? Many people would be rich Novel if that concept. wasn't the case. Novel concept. All right. But this week, we got Virginia Tech coming to Piscataway, 3.30 game. Um, the Hokies, of course, are not a good team now. But my favorite part of this week, Brian, was when you asked, <laughs> you were at the press conference, and asked Greg Schiano about his memories of playing Virginia Tech. And, and the look on his face was sort of like, you want my memories? Yeah, my memories were that we, my first season there, we got smoked 50 to nothing and it wasn't that close. He played Frank Beamer's teams at the peak of their excellence. So yeah, not many good memories there. Hand up. I did not know that Greg Channel's first home game ever as a head coach at Rutgers was against Virginia Tech. I did. I should have done my research there. I knew they played three times before Virginia Tech went to the ACC if I had known that, I would have asked maybe a lighter question is, Greg, your first home game was against Virginia Tech. What do you remember about that experience aside from maybe getting demolished 50 to nothing with a team that he didn't recruit, to be fair? And Frank Beamer, yeah. who had you know almost lost his job a decade earlier, losing to Rutgers in an epic game, somehow built a, a dynasty in Blacksburg. So hand up, my fault, not enough research, <laughs> and maybe a question that could have been asked in a, in a better way. It is remarkable, though, to think about like everything that's changed. Of course, everything's changed in college football. That's not just this. But in 23 years, to think that we'd go into a game, not only not only would that, that Rutgers would be favored 
by a touchdown to beat Virginia Tech, which is significant, but but you know, things go up and down, of course. But that Rutgers would be in a better position. If you were like to bet on the future, one of these two programs, you would take Rutgers over Virginia Tech, which to me is that that's sort of wild. If someone told you that when you're sitting in that stadium in 2000, 2001, whenever it was, when they came in and smoked and they were one of the top programs in the country playing for national championships, Michael freaking Vic. I mean, like that was a, they had it going on down there. And to think now, if you were looking at just where college football's headed in the next 10 years, well, yeah, of course, you're, you're betting on Rutgers. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, they had Beamer Ball down in Virginia Tech. As we've talked about the last couple of weeks, they got Shiano Ball at Rutgers. And say what you will about it, that's an identity. That's part of the strength of Virginia Tech is they had a guy there for mm-hmm. forever to have a guy at Rutgers who has been around, has had success here, and has proven that he can win here. I think that's obviously a lot better than having they're on their second coach in three years or something. And Brent Price seems like a cool guy. He seems like a good defensive mind. I'm not sure he's shown enough to prove that he can be the guy that re-elevates this program. So yeah, if, if I were having to choose between these two programs, I'd take Rutgers where they're at right now, 10 times out of 10. Yeah. And it's funny, Pat, and I know there's such a history there too, between these two programs. You wouldn't guess it. You wouldn't think Blackburg, Blacksburg, Virginia, which if you've ever been there, you really have to go. You really have to like go out of your way to get there. And Piscata with New Jersey would have a rivalry. But I mean, there are a lot of games over the history of these two teams that that come that come to mind. Absolutely. And who would think that the tradition lives on? Obviously, Virginia Tech has the enter Sandman entrance, which is critically acclaimed. Rutgers has the third down chop, both great Metallica songs there. So yeah, tradition at in Blacksburg. It is interesting to see what has happened to Virginia Tech. One arrow is pointing up, one arrow is pointing down, and who would think that it would be Rutgers that's pointing up and Virginia Tech coming down? It's it's definitely shocking. I do want to say the numbers are pretty nuts. Heads up, I will have a story on the 90, 1992 Halloween Homecoming Classic at Rutgers that last time, oh. amazingly, Rutgers beat Virginia Tech. It was a crazy 50-49 game. Every Rutgers fan who was of age at that time will talk to you about it. I know Aaron Brightman did a podcast yesterday about it, and I've talked to a couple fans from that time that rave about, you know, you remember where you were. I've talked to a number of players from that team who gave me some awesome stories that I can't wait for you guys to read tomorrow. So, that, I mean, you'll it'll be out by the time this podcast is out. But they've lost, I think, 11 games since. Uh, which is 11 in a row, and by a significant margin, I think Shiano's 50-0 loss in his debut was not even the worst one of the bunch. I was of age, but I didn't watch the game. I have heard that the 2012 Russell Athletic Bowl, I don't know if you covered that game, Steve, apparently was... I was there, yes. Apparently it was like a crime against humanity how bad that football was, so... Not exactly one that I remember fondly, no. I mean, given how bad Virginia Tech's run offense is and how good Rutgers' run defense is, maybe for at least one side of the ball, it'll be that ugly, but... I hope the game will be a little bit more exciting than that one was. Tell me about the uh, tell me about the fifty forty nine game because I was I still I was not uh, at the Star Ledger yet. I was still in college in that year. Young tight end named Tim Pernetti, I'm guessing on that <laughs> that nineteen ninety two team. What uh, what was the scene there? What, what happened? Give me give me at least one good story about that. Yeah, I did talk to Tim yesterday, and he was great, as you can imagine. So, I mean, there's so much. I'm not even sure what to – there was uh, – the game obviously ended 50-49, a score which head coach Doug Graber predicted. The timeline's a bit weird because some he told me it was the team meeting the, the night before the game. A couple of players told me it happened at halftime. But anyway, Doug Graber said, I don't give a – how it's going to happen. We're going to win this game 50-49. The catch before the catch before the catch. Everyone remembers Chris Brantley's game winning catch in the end zone, Uh his fourth touchdown of the game, still a school record. The catch before the catch happened by Mario Henry, 
tall wide receiver. He makes this David Tyree catch to set up position with seven seconds left for the touchdown. He told me this. I don't know if anyone has known this. A couple of plays earlier in the fourth quarter, Mario Henry makes a catch down the middle of the field, gets absolutely smoked so hard. And as he was catching the ball, his tongue was sticking out. And when he got hit, he bit down so hard on his tongue that a part of it came out. He had to rip out a part of his tongue. It's bleeding all over the place. And it's since grown back, but the tip of his tongue has no nerve anymore for 30 years. He hasn't been able to taste with the front of his tongue because he got hit so hard. But he didn't pull himself out of the game because he wanted to be a part of it. And lo and behold, he makes maybe the most underrated you know, play of a, an insane game. I mean, just uh, there was Brian Forte threw four touchdowns and five interceptions. Uh, Ray Lucas had a cameo before he gets knocked out of the Just an insane stuff. And I can't really wait to. I have so much stuff. I'm not sure how I'm going to fit it all in, but I can't wait for you guys to read it. Yeah, I'm stuck on the tongue. But your, your tongue was hanging out of your mouth, Steve. <laughs> your tongue was hanging out of your mouth. Like you were frozen there when Brian was saying Wow. That. No, that's Incredible. amazing. That is a great Incredible story. Detail. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was cringing very hard when he was telling me about the story, but it seems like he told me it was worth every bit of it was worth it. So I guess I'll take oh. his word for it. <laughs> yeah, about to say I could have to take his word for it too because that's that's wow, that's something else. Uh, all right, you you believe you alluded to it, but uh, I was reading some Virginia Tech content. Uh, people are not happy down there. There's not they're not happy coming off a 24-17 loss to Purdue with a five-hour weather delay, which kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies alone. Uh, you mentioned they're having trouble running the ball. It's not just trouble. I mean, 11 rushing yards against Purdue. Uh, they've kept trouble pass protecting, and they've lost their top two receivers. Other than that, things are going pretty well down there. It sounds like it's it sounds like it's, it's a rough situation. Yeah, it really is. And uh, you forgot to mention the quarterback is questionable as well. I know they have two that they could play, but uh, Grant Grant Wells is questionable with an ankle as well, so they could be without their their main quarterback as well. Uh, it, it is uh, it is a tough time for Virginia Tech. Everyone's screaming about the running game, first and foremost, because they're so used to all the success on the ground and pounding the ball. So, yeah, the the lack of run game has really – that was the first question that Pry got in his press conference. How do we get the running game going? And, you know, he just said we just got to stick to it and things like that. But, yeah, it's tough times for sure, and they are beat up. But I'm sure we'll talk about the Virginia Tech defense at some point too because that – is a bit of a concern if you're a Rutgers fan. Yeah, all right. Let's go right there now. What what do we know about that? Is it uh, typical big big dudes? What do we got for uh, for the Virginia Tech defense? Their edge rushers have been getting a lot of praise from Greg Schiano. Uh, the mm-hmm. best edge rushers they'll face yet this season, which I mean isn't much high, very high bar to clear given Northwestern and Temple weren't exactly ferocious. But it's going to be a big challenge for Rutgers offensive line, which probably won't have Tyler Needham, which isn't. Ideal, obviously, and their past defense has been solid. I would say this is the best defense Rutgers has faced all season. I think it's going to be a big test for Gavin Wimsett, who has been pretty good so far. You know, he's 10 percentage points better in his completion percentage, so his accuracy is up. He's completing all the short passes he's been asked to to make. He hasn't thrown an interception yet, which it's his third game in a row without an interception, a career high. But will he be able to do that for another game? I think they're going to have to because I think Rutgers is significantly better than Virginia Tech, but... I'm not sure they're going to be able to pull away. And if it's a close game, what you don't need isn't, you know, a backbreaking interception. So, yeah, I think I think the defense will be a big challenge for Rutgers offense. And it's going to be uh, interesting, you know, how much they use Sam Brown. It's going to be interesting how much they put on Gavin Wimpson's plate. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game in that respect. And it sounds like, to hate to simplify this, but it sounds like this is one of those games where if Rutgers doesn't turn over the ball, they're going to win. 
Um, so the fact that Wimpsett has not done it yet is a very positive sign. He's got to do that again this week. I loved your, your story about what he's done better was really, it was really interesting to me because there are a lot of good nuggets in there. The short passing to me is other than turnovers, obviously the most significant development because he was even inaccurate on those last year. Like there were times when, you know, he had like a five yard pass and he threw it 10 yards. Uh, I think we're seeing that he's making, he's maturing in that, in that way. You know, we talked about it in the podcast earlier this week. I still want to see him run the ball more. I wonder if this is going to be the opportunity to do that. What do you what do you guys think we need to see from this offense this week? I would say more of the same, really. I think in a game where your defense probably is going to dominate, ball control, not turning the ball over, getting some traction in the run game, and hoping the offensive line, I mean, they're not going to go another game only giving up one sack or you know, one TFL. I think they'll they'll face some pressure. Uh, it's just about Gavin Wimsett handling the pressure, not turning the ball over. Maybe, like you said, finding some opportunities to run the ball if they present themselves and just not trying to do too much. This isn't a game, Greg Shiano has alluded a couple of times, that they've hold, held some things back in the playbook. I'm not sure this is a game they really have to open the playbook that much or they really shouldn't <laughs> want to have to open the playbook because they obviously have a big game against Michigan the week after. I think ideally you win this game doing the same strategy you did against Northwestern and Temple, and then you really let go against Michigan and to kind of surprise them with some wrinkles that haven't been used yet. So that, to me, I think is an ideal scenario for Rutgers. Yeah, I'll just add the numbers that you were alluding to, Steve, about Gavin Wimson in the short passing game that, that Brian wrote, a, a terrific stat here. Uh, in passes inside 10 yards, Gavin's completing them at 84%. He's 21 for 25. Wow. That's 20% from last year. And that tells the whole story about Shiraka's offense. We're going to yep. pound the rock on first and second down, stay ahead of the sticks, and complete a short yard on uh, a short pass on third down to keep the chains moving. Time of possession, which I looked up this week, Rutgers is fifth in the country in time of possession. And he's made and he's made some good throws. Now this is, this is not a under ten yards one, but I was just looking at a clip of a throw he made. The throw he made against Northwestern to Dremel on fourth and five when Best he just throws. rolls. When he, he best throw that several seasons when he rolls out and he just zips one across his body. Looks like there's four Northwestern defenders there. The only place he could have thrown the ball. Perfect pass. Um, I like to see more of that. I like to see more of, of him rolling out. Put the I think at the point now he he's proven it. He's given he's he's earned the right to have the ball in his hands a little bit to to see what he can do. And I'm very interested to see what he can do this week. All right. So you mentioned it. This. Uh, this is a huge game just because what it would set up, obviously, to go 3-0. We talked about it a million times. you got to win all your non-conference games. They will beat Wagner, so they will have four They will if they can get here. But more importantly, they'll be 3-0 going to the big house. And, you know, that sets up at least from an interest standpoint. All right, let's see. Let's measure up. The, we we measured up against the, the weaker competition. Let's measure up against the best. You know, let's see what we got. And that that would open up an opportunity, I think, for just a lot of interest heading into Ann Arbor. A lot of juice, no question. Juice. A lot of juice in that game. Juice. A lot of Love juice. It. It. And uh, yeah, I mean, Rutgers has historically played Michigan pretty well, too. If you think about last year, obviously the score got away from them in the second half, but that first half, they blocked a punt. Uh, they looked good. They were leading mm -hmm. at halftime. They pushed yeah. Michigan to the brink at the big house two years ago. And it just sets up some excitement. Yeah. I think people will be. Just see the the records on the screen, four or three and zero Rutgers, number two Michigan, unbelievable. It'd be a, a really big showing and great publicity for Rutgers. They the have Rutgers had some been, good shots. Yep, 
Rutgers has not, I think they have the longest streak among power five teams without an AP top 25 win. I mean, so what a way for Rutgers to, you know, break that streak to do it on the road against the Big Ten favorites. And I mean, we keep talking about how they've come so close in the last three years to actually do it. Uh, we would just be so huge. And I mean, obviously, they're going to be massive underdogs, right? I mean, most teams going to the big house will be. But I mean, maybe, maybe people think Rutgers is a paper tiger. And maybe Michigan thinks Rutgers is a paper tiger. And maybe they are, but maybe that underestimation will play in their favor. I don't know. I think that if you go in there 3-0, there's the week leading up to it will be one of the more exciting ones at Rutgers, I would say, in 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 quite some time. Absolutely. All right. So we get are they getting the three and zero? Let's do our picks. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I, I I noticed the line open was it three and a half, open and then jumped to seven. Where is it right. now? Where's the line? It's still at seven. It's seven. Okay. Under thirty nine and a half. All right. So Vegas is telling you that they don't have much faith in the Hokies here. Uh, the the way that line jumped, interesting. Very interesting. Who wants to go first? Brian, you're in first place. Perhaps first place should go first. Tell us your pick. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think this is a strength on weakness matchup where Rutgers' strength is their defense and Virginia Tech's weakness is clearly their offense. And I wouldn't say Rutgers' weakness is offense because their offense hasn't been bad by you know per se, but compared to their defense, they are, right? And Virginia Tech's leaning on their defense to win games. Um, so I would say... Rutgers' strengths is stronger than Virginia Tech's strengths, and their weaknesses are less weak than Virginia Tech. My point being that Rutgers is probably better than Virginia Tech by a decent margin, and I think they'll win by a decent margin. I will pick Rutgers to win and to cover. I will say Rutgers 24, Virginia Tech 14. Did I take your score, Steve? Yeah, you're amazing. We just, this is great. We just had a thing where I chastised. I chastised Lanny for taking my exact score. Okay, I will go. And you took not only did you not only did you take my exact score, you took that's fine. That there's one. No, you no, think no. It's gonna I'll, be. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. I think we're going by ten. I'll go twenty-seven seventeen. Okay. Did I take yours, Pat? No, no, you're good. Uh, twenty-seven seventeen. There we go. Sorry, that's too many points. That's I'm too not many gonna in this game. I don't think I'm going to, for now on, I'm not going to, I'm going to wait until the very end to send in this pick. Cause clearly it's this like we're reading, you're cheating. It's osmosis here. You're, you're just, it's just, it's rubbing off on you. Clearly it just slips into your brain. Man. Slips into you your see brain. It, you well, see it one time and then it's there. If, you saw, if you saw my fan, the balance on my fan duel account, you would not do this just to be clear. All right, Pat, what was your pick? My pick. Was twenty four fourteen? I've altered it <laughs> to twenty seven fourteen. Rutgers, after being chastised, but uh, I I am worried about the Virginia Tech pass rush. Gavin hasn't faced pressure like he's going to face in this game, and and that does worry me a little bit. Um, he's been great getting rid of the ball, uh, eating play, eating dead plays, but I think the pressure will be enough for Virginia Tech to to hang in there at least a little bit. But I, I think the way that Rutgers responded in the fourth quarter last week showed that they were a different team, like you wrote, Steve. And I think that Kyle Manungai deserves a huge shout-out, and I think he's going to have another really big game. So I think offensively, even though the passing game will face some pressure, Rutgers is going to wear down Virginia Tech, and we're going to see another big fourth quarter. That's why I get to 27-14. Rutgers wins and Rutgers covers. All right, so we're all we're all going in the same direction. Obviously, I I 
Uh, my score is 24 13. I'm looking at it now. I'll stick with that. I think the same thing you guys said. Uh, it just feels like Rutgers is in a much better place health wise than Virginia Tech. I think the defense for Rutgers has been really good against two um, admittedly poor opponents. I think this is a third poor opponent offensively, certainly. I just can't imagine a team without, with a, like, 11 yards rushing against Purdue, a team that really didn't play well against Old Dominion in the first week. If you, if you look at it, other than turnovers, they, they that game was closer than it should have been. Uh, I think Rutgers is going to be able to run the ball a little bit. I think Gavin Williams is going to have a good day, controlled day. I think defense is going to dominate. So those three things combined give me 24-13 Rutgers. We are all laying the points. No one will advance in the standings this week. I think we're all going to be one and another, though. So that's uh, I feel pretty good about that pick. Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldridge is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Night's game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. All right. Good job, gentlemen. Talk some serious football. And now I'm just going to say a little, I'm going to put a little disclaimer here that if you're if you're not interested in us trying to be funny, you should like the serious portion of the podcast has now come to an end. You can turn it off because there there might have been one, maybe one, two, basically one very angry email about our alumni game. But for the most part, people are enjoying the Boomer Zoomer segment of our podcast in which Brian Fonseca, who has become notorious now for his lack of knowledge of people from a certain generation of, of world, I try to quiz him on alumni famous alumni from the team Rutgers is playing this is how the game works he lost the first week poorly he won the next week by our standings and I think I think Brian you're going to win this week I do I think you're going to win because Virginia Tech again is not I looked through the alumni and Virginia Tech I didn't really see an impressive collection of people uh, to be honest with you sorry uh, sorry Hokies so Pat I'm going to put the over under at six and a half are you taking the over or are you taking the under? I roll with funds every week, baby. <laughs> That's a bad bet. <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna take the under. I just and again I think and I'm looking at this list, I think there are four people on this list that if he doesn't know, like it's really hard it would be hard for me to imagine. The fifth I, I didn't know, but I'm I'm trying to, you know, it's gotta be the fifth one's gotta be a little harder. All right. So here we go. Mike Vick. You ready, Brian? Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Number one, Kenneth Pomeroy. Can you tell me who Kenneth Pomeroy is? My guy Ken Palm went to Virginia Tech. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, it's true. He, true. he lives in. That's awesome. He lives in Utah. I didn't realize he was a Hokie. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the the Godfather of modern college basketball analytics. That's good. All right, ding ding ding. <laughs> easy one for you i knew you of course you were probably you were a subscriber to ken palm site but i thought if i slipped in kenneth maybe that would maybe that would floor you did not number two del k 
Curry. Do you know who Del Curry is? Is that the father of Stephen Curry? It is the father of Stephen Curry. Very good. Oh. Nice. Yeah, he met his wife at Virginia Tech, apparently. So good job. This is news to two, me. Isn't, isn't that uh, Steph's middle name too? Isn't his middle name or his actual name? Uh, uh, what's Steph Curry's like actual first name? Not Del Quan. It's like Del something. Don't know. You're, stop, like you're stopping. You're stopping. The Rutgers basketball guy two basketball questions to start this off. Steve, you're getting you, a better pun. Giving him layups. <laughs> Are you saying I'm getting soft? What are you trying to say? Could be. All right. This one a little harder, but again, I don't know. I think. I I think number three. Hoda Kotb. Can you tell me who Hoda Kotb is? No, I, I I don't even have fashion to get. Is it a judge? <laughs> no. Actor? No, no, Singer? no, not really. Pat, do you know who Hoda Kotb is? I just know he has one of the greatest names I've ever heard. Him? No, sorry. She is the host of the, <laughs> she's the host of the Today Show. She's one of the hosts on yeah the Today Show. Okay, all, all, all right. I know is my guy Matt Lauer. That's the only guy from Today, which who I probably shouldn't call my guy anymore after yeah, recent stories about it. But he's no longer hosting that. But okay, all right. I just thought that name. She she she's been on some sporting events too. All right, number four. Again, in today's society, I think this is a name you probably have heard. Number four, Steve Bannon. Okay, I know he is a, a he's a political guy. He is he the um, he was Trump related. Yes, he, he, he was. Was he the, the he owned the site right? He's like the alt right guy. Yes, he is. Absolutely, I'm going to give it to you. Absolutely. Right was he the owner of Breitbart? Uh, yes. Was he the owner of Breitbart? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Breitbart News. He's uh, not that I'm a uh, subscriber yeah. or anything, but. Right, yes, you were you were a little you were a little enthusiastic about yeah, that, Pat. He is Pat, one of the. Were you on, he was in Pat. Where were you on January sixth, two thousand twenty-one? <laughs> I was watching the riot, the riot uh, unfold on TV from, from the ste- from the steps of the from the steps of the Capitol. <laughs> yes. uh, good Direct job, Steve Bannon. Yes, he is one. Of, he was in Trump's uh, White House, an advisor. Uh, crazy person, all that good stuff. All right, we're going to give it to you. So you win, but this is for extra credit, a hard one. Uh, can you tell me who Jama Mays is? Is she uh, the heir to the corn industry of Iowa? I don't know. Mays corn, that's my best guess. I see. It's it's more spelled like Willie Mays, not like the corn. Oh, um, is she the daughter yeah. of Willie Mays? No, no. Billy she's Mays' known- daughter. <laughs> She is known for playing Emma Pillsbury in the Fox musical series Glee. Oh, there you go. So I thought maybe she was younger, that maybe that would connect with you. She was in the Smurfs, Mall Cop, Paul Blart, Mall Cop had an important role. And I didn't know she was either. Again, Virginia Tech's alumni was not very good. So there you go. Good job. You win with Steve Bannon. Who would have guessed? I thought you were going to say, wait, Steve Bannon, did he play for the 1993 Virginia Tech team? Anyway, good job. Isn't who is the guy? I, for some reason, I thought of the guy in the Cubs. You know who like made that catch in the stands? The mm. fan. What's oh his name? yeah, Steve Bartman. Close. Close. That that, yeah. that that his face came to mind first. I was like, no, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> good job. Good job. That was 
That was good. Best round yet. I think so. Absolutely. I'm sharpening it up. I'm sharpening it up. Getting better. Uh, we'll do a quick uh, zoomer part of the boomer zoomer segment for a couple. All things. right. What do you got for me? What do you got for me? I'm ready. So I was watching the I was watching the game back the Temple game, and mm-hmm. there is this funny clip of Gavin Wimsett and Evan Simon sitting on the bench. And a coach bangs on their shoulder pads and gives them landline telephones to talk with Kirk Shiraka. And I <laughs> thought it was funny. And I started thinking, Gavin's turning 20 next month. There's no way he's actually used the landline. I asked him after practice on Tuesday. But I, before I tell you what he said, I'm asking you, what do you think? Do you think Gavin Wimsett has ever used a landline other than on a bench of a football in a football game? I gotta feel like someplace in Owensboro, Kentucky, there is still like a payphone outside of a... Uh, outside of a sheet convenience store where he would have he would have been able to make a call. I, I'm going to say, yes, he's used a landline. He has not. No! Oh, damn it. Come on. My that was, was his first landline. Was it actually a landline? Was it connect? How do they have a landline on the sideline? Was it connected to something? I'm sure it's like, connect. yeah, I'm sure they have a, a phone up in the booth and there's a phone down there and they kind of just, you know, like there's a landlines in the press box too. I think you just get it set up with AT&T or whoever and, let it roll. I don't this. I'm sure I'm not sure there still is a land. Is there a landline? Maybe there must be. Yes, there is a landline. Bro, in the AT&T bill. <laughs> right. so I'm just I saying think. it didn't look like an iPhone is all I'm saying. It looked like a landline. Um, uh, I, I was going to play you the audio of what Gavin said. I can't figure out the technology over Zoom, but I will edit it in post edit for the fans to listen to what Gavin said. It was a pretty, uh, pretty funny response. He laughed a bit. I'd like, like to hear Yes. All right. We'll, we'll leave a spot right here. I'm curious. Well, I'm here, here is here is Gavin's answer to the question whether or not he's ever used a landline. There's a clip on the Big Ten Network during the broadcast of you grabbing a landline and talking to Kurt Scirocco in the booth. Yeah. It got me thinking, I mean, you're turning 20 in a month. Have you ever used a landline in any other situation aside from? Um, honestly, I don't think I have. <laughs> I've heard a lot about him, but no, honestly, no, I have not. Uh, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. <laughs> well, now you're going to have to listen back to the podcast for the first time maybe ever. So. <laughs> Listen to it to find the an answer. Give me a reason to give me a reason to listen. Good, good you question. Go. And like we got that. a couple. We got a couple of suggestions from Jack Baseja, the former sports editor of the Daily Targum. He sent me mm-hmm. uh, and, and a very uh, avid listener of the Rutgers rant. Always appreciate him letting us know that he listens. Uh, he sent me a couple of words that he wanted me to run by you and see what they say. I okay. think I think they're a little easier than last week's. To be honest with you, uh, so okay. uh, we'll start with. I don't even know if we can say this if this violates FCC guidelines, but dead ass. Do you know what something being dead ass is? Um, no, I don't know. No cap. I don't know dead ass. Sorry. What does dead ass mean? When when you're dead ass about something, you're serious. You're dead serious. Oh, dead ass serious. Okay. I like that. All right. He's dead ass about that. Okay. I, I think I think you can get away with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Someone asked you, are you serious? Like dead ass. I'm dead ass. I no mean, cap. I'm dead ass. No okay. cap. I'm dead ass about that. Got it. And the second right. one. Spilling the tea. Do you know what it means? Oh, yes. You know, an old friend of this desk. I was taught this by Sophie from the NJ.com fame. She's one of the great political writers in Trenton. I doubt she listens to the Rutgers rant. Not a big sports fan. Yeah. But Sophie told me spilling the tea. It's get, it's telling some gossip. I do know spilling. I, I would I would see her and I would go in there. Is there any tea for you to spill? So I got that one. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. All right. Everyone's a winner today. That's right. Nice job. Thanks. Who was it again? That uh, Jack Baseya. He was the Thank former you, sports editor and Appreciate a very it. good basketball player. I watched him play in the Targum WRSU game and just absolutely light up the poor RSU kids and nail a half court shot 
reminiscent of Ron Harper Jr. So nice. along with being a very in tune zoomer, he's a good basketball player. Ah, I love the zoomers. They've got they've got the funny stuff. All right. Thank you for playing. Appreciate it. What else we got this? Hey, what else is going on this weekend? Anything? Anything fun down in Piscataway? Any other teams playing? Uh, we should spill the tea about the food truck festival. Over Ooh. 40 uh, different food trucks will be on the Rutgers boardwalk. Really? Wow. Nice. That's great. They had the scream, the, the ice cream, the scream truck. I was walking on the boardwalk and this is like a cool thing. I'm sure there's more than one of them, but like you can order ice cream on an app and this truck will come directly to your house and deliver it. And of course, you know, my kids go crazy because just it's called the scream truck. It comes right to your front door. Um we only live three blocks from an actual ice cream place, but that's sometimes it's just sometimes that's too far. There's a scream trucks out there. Should we get some taco trucks? What are the trucks we got? Anything good? Uh, did you say tacos? They got the boneless buffalo wings. Mm. Uh, I think I saw one of those potato spiral towers. You know what I'm mm. talking about? It's okay. like a, a potato tornado, which is just very crappy. Great, great, uh, great idea. Whoever invented that. Delicious. And then I would assume you get your classic burgers and hot yeah. dogs, lemonade. But maybe we'll we'll sample. We should meet us on the boardwalk. Do a food do a food store. Excellent. All right, I'm there for that. Anything else? Yeah, just really quick. Uh, Rutgers Hoops is hosting a kid four star class of 2025. His name is Brandon Stores Jr. He's a target for them. His father played for Steve Hain. I can't tell you where he played for him because I couldn't find that. But uh, Rivals dug it up. He played for Steve Hain back when he was a player. And now his son is being recruited by Rutgers out of the Bronx. Four-star kid forward. My understanding is Rutgers is doing pretty well with him. Um, and he's taking an official visit to campus Saturday. So, And they're also hosting another four-star kid, Jalen Harrell, on an unofficial on Friday. I'm not sure he'll be at the game. Um, but I do believe Brandon Stores will be there. You get all these four stars now. It's like, ah, just a four star. Right. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. It's, They're hosting- it's significant. The level he's recruiting at is just it's sort of wild. Um, so, yeah, another four star. Wow. They're hosting a five star uh, homecoming weekend. Trey McKenney, he's a five star 2025 connection with Marlon Smoke Williamson out of the Michigan area. And wow. that weekend, they're also hosting, I talked to Lathan Somerville and Bryce Dorch, 2024 commits. They will also be there homecoming weekend. So that should be a big recruiting weekend for hoops. But for now, they got one target coming this Saturday. This is also rumored that perhaps Dylan Harper will be coming on homecoming weekend. Is that yeah. that's not confirmed? That's just speculation? I have not seen him confirm it. Uh, but yes, Trilly Donovan, Trudy Johansson, whoever you'd like to refer to them as, has reported that yes, that Rutgers is expecting to get an official visit. And that is the most likely weekend, which would make sense if you have a couple of the commits there. If you get Dylan Harper there, it's kind of a feel good, you know, Loving Dove Fest, and maybe that's something that could put it over the top. I'm not sure. But yes, Trudy Johansson has said that Dylan Harper might be there homecoming weekend. Excellent. That's something to look forward to later on. All right. So we will be there. Campus, Virginia Tech, Rutgers, food trucks, basketball recruits, a huge game for the Scarlet Knights to get to 3-0. We all think they're going to do it. Thanks for listening to the Picks Pod. We'll be back on Tuesday to talk about the game. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.